was hopeless, I knew I was lost. Death and darkness were my only songs. I needed someone to come rescue me. Then mercy heard my plea. Lord, you found me. He healed me. He called me from the grave. Give me your real love. I thank you, Jesus. You washed my sins away. Oh, now I'm living like I'm forgiven. He came and set me free. That's what your mercy did for me. Help us, Lord, as we worship you today. God, I pray for the songs that we sing, God, that you might be lifted up. God, I pray for Brother Darrell as he delivers your word today. God, speak through him in a powerful way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You were the word at the beginning. One with God, the Now revealed in you are 
Those are great, great songs this morning. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, 20, 20, 20 through 22 as we go through the book of Hebrews on Sundays of uh, Children's Church. Hebrews chapter 11, 20 through 22. We've just come out of the uh, great test of faith, Abraham being asked to offer his son Isaac and we go right into talking about the descendants of Abraham that loud noise you heard was the chain being dropped on the floor I'm going to get to this right now just this has no spiritual the chain will uh, the title of the message is your journey living uh, links links in a chain links in a chain that's what we're going to talk about in Hebrews 11 20 through 22 uh, this comment right here has no spiritual benefit or, or at, at all. It's a different kind of chain, isn't it? You see how the links are elongated. There's a reason for that. I'm going to ask you if anybody knows what this chain's used for. To, if you know the answer, you probably got to be old or a horse enthusiast. Or better, an old horse enthusiast. Does anybody know what this chain's used for? Trace, uh, who, who said that? Uh, trace, right? Trace, trace chain. Some, sometimes, sometimes we call it a harness chain. It does what? It hooks the harness, it hooks the, the harness to the wagon. I was, imagine you've used one. Okay. No? <laughs> uh, but I still do. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a horse enthusiast. So I'm not the, I, I am that old. But that's, that's what this is. That's what they elongate. I'm not really sure why they elongate it. Doesn't matter. But that's what, this different kind of chain. I try to try to find one that's a little out of the ordinary. I looked at it this morning, and I know if you're sitting in the back, there's no, I know you can't see it because I, I tried it. I tied a little red string around one of the links of the chain. And uh, that red string, uh, you've got to be about halfway up, I, I think, to be, even be able to see, see that. But pick out a link in the chain, and that link is you. And there are links above it, and there are links under it. There are links before your link, and there are links after your link, okay? 
probably not too hard to get get the uh, point there. And that's what we're going to talk about. Your your journey, link, links in a chain. You are you are can't help it because you're you're alive. You are one of the links. There were people who came before you, and there are people coming after you. And how important that your link in, is in that uh, in that process. Hebrews chapter 11, 20 through 22. There's an outline of this on the back side of your announcements. You'd like to use that, and a lot of that will be on the screen also. We just come out of Abraham being asked to offer his son Isaac, and that's important because we go right into no break at all. We go right into verse 20 from that. So Abraham, let me do this just real quick, leave the, leave the text on the screen. I'm sure y'all remember Abraham is the father of Isaac. Isaac then is the father of Jacob and Esau. Jacob becomes the father of 12 sons, and the scripture will use that Joseph was one of those sons, and then Joseph has two sons, and Jacob praying for, uh, for them. So it's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and then, jo then Joseph's sons. Most of you know that, just getting that in our head. By faith, Isaac... Right after, he talks about this test of faith. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come, concerning their life. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, his sons, concerning things to come. Then, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped leaning on the top of his staff. And if you read that story, actually, he blessed all 12 of his sons and, and gave them some direction for what he saw the future hold for them. What did I just read? Uh, leaning on the top of his staff, so verse 22. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his, concerning his bones. Okay? So we're going to look at that, at the descendancy, the generations. And I want it to be more than just generations. I want it to be more than just a parent and their, and their child and their grandkids. And even as important as that is and as applicable as that is, I, I, I want you to think more than that. More than just uh, what your parents handed down to you, even as important as that is, and more than, than you handing it on to the next generation of your children even as important as that is because that doesn't always apply to all of us but there's going to be somebody in your life who handed things down to you and then so you need to be taking that to heart and be being and and be, being active in handing it down to someone else so if you're looking at your outline we come to I'm not going to this is where I'll spend the least amount of time the link before us, the link that is, was before, the, the link, the people that, were, that handed it down to us. I'm not going to spend as much time right here because uh, em, em, emotionally, this is probably the most difficult one 
more and more we'll run into this. Not all of us had a great home life. Not all of us had a great school life. Not all of us had, had a great growing up life. Uh, a lot of people will run into this more and more, had some real ch challenges in their life to overcome. And so uh, I wish that everybody had a great home life. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you this is the truth. I'm, I don't guess this is the truth. I know this is the truth. If you had great parents, if you had a great dad and a great mom, if you had great parents who loved you and loved each other, and you loved them and they loved you, and you had that great home life, some of you had that. Most people don't. And it's easy for us sometimes, to, for some who, who do have that, had a great mom, a great dad, they loved each other, they loved their kids, the kids loved them, Every, everything's great. It's, it's, it's easy sometimes for people like that to think that everybody's got that, but everybody doesn't have that. And so it gets to be sometimes when you're looking back the, the links before us, those that handed down to us, sometimes, the, to be honest, they didn't do a very good job. Okay? Truth. Sometimes the, 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 the people who should have uh, poured into our life, the people who should have encouraged us, the, uh, those who should have uh, nurtured us, did not do a very good job. There's something wrong with all of us. We are all dysfunctional. Oh, all right, okay, just that's the truth. There's something wrong with all of us. There's something wrong with all of us. We're all dysfunctional in some way, okay? But we won't let that, we won't let that stop us. I want you to notice as we read through the scripture, very, very simple. It's, it's, it's almost like the scripture that we read doesn't say a whole lot. And that's kind of the point I want to make right now. When you read through your Bible, I want you to, to, I want you to pay attention, notice, soak in what the Bible doesn't say, the things it doesn't say. It doesn't say a whole lot here, so there's, so there's a whole lot that it doesn't say. But by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. Jacob blessed his two sons, his two sons bless their, their son. I've made mention already twice at least that Isaac comes out of this experience with a Abraham where he's almost offered as a sacrifice. Abraham almost kills him. He's tied up on the altar. The, the knife is raised up. When you read through the story and it's said right here by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau when you read the story, from what I can see, Isaac never talks about it. He never talks to Jacob and Esau about it, about this, this horrifying experience that he went through with his dad. He never talks to his, to his sons about it, okay? He never uses that as an excuse. Oh, kids, you won't believe what I had to go through, okay? Now, this is where we... We need to kind of maybe get, get away from telling our kids that we walk to school uh, up, uphill both ways and we walk through, through school through two feet of snow and, and, and all that, you know. And, and maybe we need to get away a little bit from uh, kids. You won't believe how terrible my life was. Because when you read the story, they never did that. 
So Isaac goes from a horrifying experience. He never really talks to his children. But I'm not saying that his children didn't know. I'm not saying that. It's just not recorded that he ever talked to him about it. And about these, these experiences that he went through, it just says that he blessed his children. We all come from something that's dysfunctional. And it is important. I'll just say me. I come from something that's dysfunctional. I was, uh, everything handed down to me was not great. It's important that I get over it. It is. It's important that through the help of Jesus that I, that I get over it and that I get past it. Why? Why is, that, why is it so important that I get over my, the dysfunction that was handed to me? That I could use as an excuse why I won't, why I can't, why I shouldn't. Oh, I'm not going to do that because, you know, I was never trained to do that. I was never, I was, you know, all the, all the excuses that I can use that are legitimate because I wasn't taught right, I wasn't handled right, I wasn't nurtured, nurtured right. You, you know, all the dysfunction that was handed down to me. Why is it important that I get over that, that I kind of let that go because I do not want to pass that on to my children? And to anyone else. I don't, I don't want to live that way. I don't want to be that way. And so I could use it as an excuse, but I don't want to use it as an excuse. And what I see when I read through it, all the stuff that these uh, patriarchs went through. So Isaac blessed his sons Jacob and Esau. He doesn't really ever talk about all this stuff he went through. He just was blessing his children. I want you to do better. I want you to do more. And then, then it goes on and it talks about Jacob blessing his, 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 his children, especially, especially Joseph. Now Jacob, all that he went through, he could have talked about, you know, kids, there was a time where my father-in-law was going to kill me. And then there was a time where I thought my brother was going to kill me. And that's legitimate because they really were. Where Life got so bad at home, my father-in-law was going to kill me. Life got so bad at home that my brother was going to kill me. And boys, I just want to tell you, boys, you have it better than I had. You have it better than I He never did that. That we know of. I'm not saying that they didn't know it. But it's just never, rec never recorded that he talked about how bad his life was. All the dysfunction that he was handed. It just says that he took Joseph and his other sons. But in this scripture, in this text, that he took Joseph and blessed him. He doesn't mention all the bad stuff. The link that came before us and learning to get over it and learning to get past it. And learning to not pass that on to my children or anyone else. It'd be easy for me to pass my dysfunction on to you, but I don't want to do that. Then the last verse, the same thing. By, by faith, Joseph, he talked about the departure of the children of Israel, and we do know that he prayed for his sons. The same thing. Joseph, now Joseph especially, you know, he was... Uh, left for dead by his 11 brothers, thrown into a pit, sold into slavery 
by his brothers. I know his children knew that, but he never talks about that. He never passes out. Do you get the point? There's something wrong with all of us. We're all dysfunctional, but we're not going to let that stop us. I want you to make a decision to, today, right now, that you may have been, you may have come from one of those homes or you may come from one of those schools or those situations where everything wasn't great. And there was a lot of, a lot of bad stuff ha handed down to you and a lot of stuff that you're still having to deal with. And I'm encouraging you to get along with Jesus Christ and, and deal with that and put an end to that, put that in the, in the past. It's not that we will ever forget it, it's not, but it is where we get over it. And we don't hand that on to someone else. I think that's in, incredibly important that I don't let the links that were before me affect me to the point that I start to create dysfunction in the links who come after me. Next scripture. This is important. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But seek first the kingdom of God. Not your kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God, which is huge, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I'm kind of leading up to the next link, and then the, the next phrase in your outline. It's the kingdom that's important, not just my small part of the kingdom. So the kingdom, if we're looking at a chain, is all of the links. All the links of the chain. I've just got one small part. It's important those who came before me and what they gave to me and, and handed down to me, but it's very important now as we go on to the links who come at, after us, it's very important of what I hand off to, to them, to who's next, okay? And so it's the kingdom that's important, not just my small part. So I am very concerned. I'm very, uh, boy, I don't know. I don't know a better word. I'm very, very concerned that I do a good job of this that I hand this off well, that those who come after me uh, appreciate the length that I was and it helped them, okay? Because the kingdom is important, not just my small part. Okay, going on on your outline, the link after us. The link after us. This is no, so we're leaving the, uh, the link before us and the link after us. Yes, you can. I'm going to share a story with you that has, I, I've gladly, I have remembered it about uh, probably 10, 15 years ago. I heard John Maxwell tell just a very simple story, but it stuck with me, and it's the yes you can story. I want the yes you can story to stick with you forever, okay? So John Maxwell and his wife are dri driving along. Kind of like the chain thing, can you, some of you can remember when there was not Diet Coke. And some of you say, I didn't know there ever was a time. But I can remember when, when Diet Coke was not available, it hadn't been invented yet. I am actually that old. But some of you are that old too. So anyway, they were, they were traveling and it was those, those early Diet Coke years, all right, and I can just about guess, I, I want you to come up to me after church and tell me the year you think Diet Coke started, okay? I think I've got it in my head, but I'm not sure, so I'm not going to say. 
they were track traveling, and they, it, was in, it was in the early Diet Coke years when all you could buy was, uh, was like a can or a bottle, and they didn't have it in, didn't have it in restaurants yet. So his wife, uh, John Maxwell's wife, wanted a, wanted a d d Diet Coke. They didn't, all they had was a can, it, and it was, it was warm, it was hot. She said, stop and buy me a cup of ice. All right, so they stop at a, at a restaurant, whatever it was, fast, fast food, goes up, to the, goes up to the counter, says, I'd like to buy a cup of ice. Now, I'm also old enough that almost everywhere I go, everybody else looks like they're 12 years old. Okay, so every, every restaurant I go to, in the hospitals, the nurses and the doctors look like they're 12 years old. So I go to the, he goes to the restaurant. There's a 12-year-old behind the counter, and he said, I'd like to buy a cup of ice. And she said, well, you know, looking at, well, they didn't have computer screens. It would be, <laughs> look, look on the sheet. I, I can't sell you a cup of ice. You can't sell me a cup of ice. No, it's not, you know, it's not on the list. So I can't sell you a cup of ice. He said, okay, I want to buy a Coke with ice, leave out the Coke. She said, uh, what? <laughs> you know, I want to buy a, a, a Coke with ice in it, leave out the Coke. No Coke. She looked at it, she said, I can't do that. And he leans across the counter and said, yes, you can. And she said, okay. <laughs> All she needed was somebody to say to her, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Okay. And so she did. She, he said, I don't care about paying for the Coke. I just want the ice. Yes, you can. It's amazing. I want you to remember that story. Yes, yes, you can. You saying that to someone else. Say, well, that, it's amazing how much that accomplishes. When someone who's older, someone who's been there, says to someone who's coming along, See, it's a lot more than just the generational thing, even though it, it is that. But someone who's older, someone who's been there, can say just, yes, you can to someone and, and, and encourage them like that. Uh, okay. So that was 10, 10 or 15 years ago. I've never, I've never forgot that story. And I tried to apply it to my life, and I, and I try to do that as much as I, So what I'm trying to do is, is tell people yes as much as I possibly can. Yes. If, if you come up to me, most, most of you know that. If you come up to me with an idea in church, and say, hey, can we? Yes. Even though maybe it's not really the smart thing to do. But I just, I just want, to say, I want to tell you yes. I want to, I want to see you try it. One one fella was teaching our youth for a while, and he said, I want to I take our youth for the, through the book of the Revelation. Is that okay? And I said, yes. But I'm thinking to myself, that ain't going to work. That's a terrible idea. But, I, but I, you know, let him, let him try. Yes. Yes. So uh, let's say about five years ago, I was at Sam's Wholesale Club. And Sam's Wholesale Club then, I'm not, it's been a little while since I've done this, they had a thing from God. 
at Sam's. So you could buy a, a pretty good sized cup of soft ice cream for a buck. That's, that is from God, okay? That is God's will. If you, don't, you don't even have to pray about it. That is God's will. So I'm in line to do God's will, okay? I'm going to buy the ice cream. There's an older couple in front of me, and uh, it's just me and them, them and them and me. They're buying the same thing. And I said, you're, you're, doing God's, you're doing God's will too. So he said, I want two cups of ice cream. And the, the 12-year-old behind, you know, behind the counter uh, gave him the ice cream. And the older man who's standing in, in, in front of me said, well, I've been to the spoon dispenser and there's no spoons. Can, I have a, can we have two plastic spoons to eat the will of God? And the 12-year-old the behind the counter said, we don't, we don't have any spoons. We're out of spoons. Okay, I love the man in front of me. I wanted to shake his hand. I wanted to, ho I guess I wanted to say, you should be my dad. He said to the young man on the, behind the counter, he said, young man, we're at Sam's Wholesale Club. Right over there is 50,000 <laughs> plastic spoons. All you got to do is go over there and get one box. The fellow behind the counter said, I can't do that. You know, it's against the rules. I, I can't do that. So the older couple left. I go up next. You, you already got this in your head, right? So I go up next. I said, you know, I want a cup of ice cream, okay? So, and and I, I already knew the answer, but I wanted him to say it. Can I have a spoon? No, we don't. We're, we're, we're out of spoons. And uh, I wanted to use the yes, you can, but I, he already felt so bad, you know, that I... What should have I done? And I kicked myself. I kicked my, I won't. I won't make this same mistake twice. I didn't talk to him about going over and buy because he'd already been talked talked to. What should have I? I should have went over there and bought a box, and you know, brought it to him and said, "Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Somebody's told you you can't. Yes, you can. It's just being that kind of Christian." Instead of always, no, you're, t you're terrible, you know, I'll never shop at Sam's Club again because of plastic spoons, even though the will of God is still a buck, you know, the will of God trumps everything. Instead of anger and, and, and driving him down more, man, I kicked myself. I should have went over there and bought a box and said it there. Said, yes, you can. Yes, we can. Yes, you can. So, <laughs> to round this out, about two weeks ago, Dee Dee was sick on the weekend. And she's sick at night on the, week, on the weekend. So we go to ur urgent care. Now we're looking for a pharmacy at night on the weekend. There's only one. Now, you may tell me, no, there's not. There's more. No, there's not. No, there's not. Oh, yeah, so-and-so is open. No, they're not. I was there. I checked. They've got a sign on the door that says they're open, but they're really not. So we found one that was, and so it was a weekend at night, and we're trying to get a prescription filled. Two and a half hours of this, and literally driving around, because we're going through the drive-thru, around and around, and they messed the order up. 
They don't get things right. They send it to the wrong place. You know who's behind the computer, right? She's 12 years old. It's so easy to get mad and frustrated and take it out on her, but it's not really her fault, is it? Even if it, even if it was. Even if it was. Have you ever made a mistake? Have you ever got the order wrong? Have you ever made the wrong call? Have you ever had anybody show you grace? When I was at Sam's, I thought about the yes you can story. When I was going through the, the pharmacy again and again and again, I thought about the yes you can story. I'm so glad I, I heard John Maxwell tell that, tell that story. Because it has really taught me and instructed me made, and convicts me to treat people with, with grace. Yes, you can. And be that encourager. Because she, I wonder what the car in front of me said to her. And I wonder what the car behind me said to her. You know, I'll, I'll, because everybody's in line. And everybody, because you're in line at the pharmacy, somebody's sick. And, and, and nobody wants to be there this hour. And she doesn't even want to be there. The next uh, line on your, on your outline. Amazing how much we complain about the people we're called to minister to. This is convicting. Amazing how much we complain. I just, I just want to leave that there a little bit. I want, I want you to look at that. First of all, we could almost cut that sentence in half. Amazing how much we complain. Isn't it? Okay, let's just say right now, it's really hot outside, and the price of gas is, 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 is high, okay? So let's just get that out of the way. There's no need to talk about that now, okay? So we got those, those, those two things out. It's really hot. The price of gas is really high. All right, let's move on. We've, we've complained about that enough, okay? So it's amazing how much we complain. And some of you are going to complain about the message because I'm preaching to you about complaining, Okay, and you don't get it, and you still don't get it. So why don't we just stop complaining? But isn't it amazing how much we complain about the people we're called to minister to, which is every 12-year-old behind every, behind every computer, behind every register, behind every nurse's desk, behind everything, everywhere. It's all of those who don't get the order right, they mess things up just like you do sometimes. And it's dealing with those people with grace and encouragement. And it's the yes you can story. Yes you can. Well I mess it up. That's okay. You, you can get this right. I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going around in circles. I'm going to come back again. It's, o it's okay. I wonder how many times she hears that. Probably about never. Unless it can come from you. Amazing how much we complain about the people we're called to, to, called to minister to, which is just about everybody. All right? You are sent on a mission from God to reach people for Jesus Christ. 
That is bigger than any order that's gotten wrong. That's bigger than a cup of ice cream. That's bigger than the, than the prescription at the pharmacy. That's passing a link down to the next one where you're encouraging them. Now, somebody somewhere hasn't done a real great job of passing it on to you. That's okay. You're going to get over that. You're going to get past that. And you're not going to be that to the next per person. But rather an encourager, patient with grace, just like Jesus has blessed you, just like Jesus has been gracious to you, just like Jesus has been patient with you. Jesus did not cast you aside when you fail. Jesus does not cast you aside when the order's wrong. Jesus does not cast you aside when you've messed up. He's given you a second chance and then a third chance and then a fourth chance and I'm on to I don't know how many ch chances but God continues to be patient with me and that's what he wants me to be with you. With you. I don't want to complain about you because you are who I've been called to minister to. So I, I, just, I just bite the bullet. I'm not going to complain about you. The area we live in, this is where God has called me to minister to. I'm not going to complain about them. Why? Because I've got to reach them, not complain about them. You can't, listen, isn't it true? You can't hardly do both. You can't hardly do both. If you're complaining and upset and trying, how can you reach them? You can't. You won't. The last verse, last scripture. Isn't that, doesn't that fit? This is what Paul says, but this is what Jesus says to us. I can, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He didn't say I can do all things. He said I can do all things through Christ through Christ. Through Jesus, who strengthens me. That's what Paul said. What's Jesus saying? Yes, you can. You can do all things through Christ, through Jesus. Jesus would say, you can do all things through me as I strengthen you. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And so he passes that on to us, wanting me to pass that on to you. And to the 12-year-old and, and on and on and on. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You get that in your bones, in your heart and soul. And then you pass that on to someone else. I want you to just take that story in and take those thoughts in. And let that and allow that to begin to really change the way you deal with, with people, with everyone as you realize the way Jesus has dealt with you. I'm going to ask the musicians to come and, and for the congregation to stand. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask the congregation, if you would, to bow your head and just be thinking and praying and allowing the Holy Spirit to think and to pray through you. Let me start this way. I'm going to give you two things to think about and pray about. First one is someone in your life that you need to go to, and you know what I mean when I say you say to them, yes, you can. 
somebody in your life that you may, you, you, you need to lift them up. You need to encourage them. And it needs to be you. It needs to be you. It's easy to say, oh, well, somebody else will do that. No, it needs to be you. And, and you know it does. In this case, really, you know, it doesn't have to be somebody younger than you, just somebody in your life that they just need encouragement. And it needs to be you. And somehow, some way, right now, and I think it's through the power of God's Spirit, you know it's you. You just know it's you. There's somebody in your life that you need to encourage, lift up, say, yes, you can. You may need to come and pray. Well, one thing you need to do is you need to just do it, but you may need to pray about it first. You need to pray for them. God, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to say. And God, I, I need your help. Yes, we do. We certainly do. Then the, so the first thing you may need to come and pray about is that someone, pray for them. The second thing you may need to come and pray about and or yourself. God, this is convicting. This is convicting. And I need to change the way I approach everyone. Now, the people who handed this down to me, they didn't do a very good job. That's just true. That's just true. They didn't do a very good job. I wasn't encouraged much. Still not. But that's not who I want to be. That's not what I want to be. There's people all around me who are complaining about everyone else all the time. And I, I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to change that. But I want to change me. I don't want to be like that. Well, I can honestly tell our church, I don't want to be like that. I just don't. That's not who I want to be. There may be somebody, a friend, just somebody that you need to pray for. That's what this prayer time's for. You may need, and that somebody may be you, that you need to just pray for you. God, I, I, I want to change. I want to change. I want to change the way I love. I want to change the way I talk. I just, I, I want to change. If you need to come, want to come and pray while they play and sing, you can come to an altar, you can stand, you can have a seat on the front seat, do whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to do. Come and pray if you want to. Story. 
Showing 